Hello and welcome to Be Powerful with Liz and Lee. It's a new day and we're so glad you're here. So you can expect to hear candid conversations on what it means to be powerful. Live authentically, live in the midst of ups and downs, productively, and above all else, joyfully. We are so thankful for you, our community of listeners, and we hope you enjoy today's show. Hi, everyone. Hello, Liz. Hi, Lee. And da, 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 drum roll for our guest today, everybody watching and listening. Today, we have on Molly Rougier. She is an alcohol freedom life coach. Did I say that right? Yes, that's correct. Good. Well, we're going to dive in. Right now, we are kind of ahead of the holidays. I think that your message is going to ring true for a lot of people, hopefully. And so we're just glad that you're here today. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, both of you. Thank you. Um, I've, got the, I've got the question that's going to go out of the out of the gate, really. You, you're good at this. I'm really, I've got an out of the gate question. Yeah. And, and then you actually, in our show notes, we're going to have all the things that Molly does and all of her credentials and eventually we'll let her actually speak. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, you guys just talk yeah. about it. That's perfect. What is the difference in being an alcohol freedom coach mm-hmm. and knowing that you are an alcoholic and maybe you have to go to AA? How do you help your clients understand oh no, I'm just in the habit of drinking too much, Mm -hmm. probably coming out of COVID and the things that we've been going through, or that you've actually got the disease of alcoholism. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it is a very interesting, nuanced space and things are changing every day. So Mm -hmm. I don't even personally use the term alcoholic. I um, think more of it as the alcohol use disorder, which is more of a spectrum. So I work with people that I would say are on the like moderate end of that spectrum Mm -hmm. rather than the severe. So now it is a terms like gray area drinker. Mm -hmm. So someone that recognizes their alcohol use is a problem for them, but not necessarily, you know, having all of the case the examples of the rock bottom, if you will, like maybe they don't have a DUI or they didn't go to rehab or whatever it is, but their drinking is a problem for them. Mm -hmm. It might not be every day, but they feel like it's holding them back from achieving their potential or it's causing issues in their lives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there's no criteria. There's no like over two drinks of, you know, a night or any of that no. sort of thing. No, there's no there's no magic number. Gotcha. I think it is there I've had clients that have like one glass of wine a night and that's enough for them to feel like their stress levels mm-hmm, are higher. Mm-hmm. They're not able to do their workouts, they're not able to be their best selves, they're hungover, yeah. expecting their health and that's that's enough. The only criteria I really have is if it is severe enough that mm-hmm. if they took a break from it, it would be a physical dependency and they would need ah. medical treatment because right. alcohol withdrawal can actually kill right. you if you're not treated with a medical professional, which okay. I am not. So it, it is, that is a criteria. If you're not able to take a break from alcohol without medical treatment, then mm-hmm. I would be working with that. Person. Got it. So then you're able to refer out more exactly. to a medical doctor. Right. So what's your training and experience and how long have you been doing this? Yeah. So I started out, I got my regular life coaching certification a few years ago. And I also personally went through the process of changing my own relationship okay. with alcohol I guess you know I'm almost know five years that. ago. I will, yeah, I'll tell you all about it. Um, and, you know, I did a lot of my own research, got involved with a, di- a bunch of different programs and, yeah. and learning that way. And then I recently completed this Naked Minds 
coaching certification program. And great, so great term. what this, this naked, naked mind, mind is, <laughs> yeah. is it's a science-based modern approach to alcohol and changing our relationship with alcohol. And, okay. and as we've talked about like a little bit before this, it's not focused on sobriety. It's really focused on getting you to that place with alcohol that makes you feel at peace. So for someone, it could mm. be a drink once a year, a drink once a week, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. It's however you want to feel in relationship to alcohol rather than sobriety, like complete abstinence for life. Our goal isn't to get sober. Our goal is to feel comfortable and at peace with alcohol in whatever way that looks. Don't you think that's how it should be? Not should, but with everything we do in our lives. I think the way you explain that, right, really resonates with me about finding peace and comfort in however we approach anything in our life, whether it's our relationship with another human or alcohol or food, I think Mm -hmm. people can really struggle. So I like that explanation a lot. And so how long have you been doing this? So I've been doing this now, I guess, coming up on three years. Right. I, okay. I've been doing it full time for a year. Mm-hmm. So I left my mm-hmm. corporate job okay. exactly a year ago. Actually, I think Good it was for a you. year ago tomorrow. Well yeah. done. So Happy I was doing that on the side. A true entrepreneur. As well as counterpart. Took an edge. Took, yeah. took, took, the, uh, took the leap. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> and so you want to know her story. I want to know. I, yeah. Briefly, because, you know, my watchword is joie de vie, besides be powerful and it all right. goes together. Joy of life, power, all that. Um, and so I enjoy a glass of wine or I enjoy a, a dirty martini on a mm-hmm. weekend. And I've always said, God, I never want to become an alcoholic because then I couldn't really enjoy my wine, right? 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 I couldn't yeah. really enjoy it. And, and I'm all about that. Mm-hmm. So tell me when you decided that this was that too much was too much. Right. Yeah. So this was five years ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was 27 at the time. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to say that this was me just deciding to be healthy and doing something good for myself. But I was in the same mindset yeah. of if I stop drinking, that means I'm an alcoholic. Ah. So I have to make this work. Right. I'm too okay. young to not drink. I lived in New York City. It was, oh, wow. I was it's in public relations. And, oh, yeah. And yeah. it's so normalized. Like the bars right. are open till 4 a.m. Yeah. You don't drive. So you don't have like a uh. lot of those markers of, you know, you've gone too far because right. A, everyone else is doing it. B, everyone else is doing it till four on a Tuesday. Right. And, you know, it, just like everything else in New York, in a New York minute, I guess, it became <laughs> an issue for me in terms okay. of I was just experiencing what really changed it was I went through a breakup at the end mm. of, in the spring of 2017. Mm. And that was really the first time that I stopped drinking just for fun and socializing and started mm-hmm. using alcohol as a way to like self-medicate uh. and feel less like guilt and shame, ironically, over the things that had happened yeah. because of my alcohol use. Oh, wow. So, Isn't that the truth for so many of yeah. that? I mean, that's almost a rite of passage in mm-hmm. some ways when you think mm-hmm. for people in their 20s or late teens, I'm not sure, you're not supposed to drink to your 21, but everyone probably does before. And you just have to learn how to deal with that. Mm -hmm. And and really, I think you roll the dice. Like, what if you really are the addictive personality Mm -hmm. that you, you know, you could easily have the disease, you know, alcoholism is Mm -hmm. a a, is a problem, as you just said, coming off of, of alcohol and having 
the disease of alcoholism can literally kill you. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we all kind of roll the dice with that. Yeah. What would you give your 20 year old self that recommendation? Well, that is what you say is the disease of alcoholism. I I don't use the term disease per se, but I think there are a number of factors. Genetics is a huge factor Mm -hmm. as well as biological, social, environmental, Mm -hmm. all of those things. So I had like the perfect storm. I had some mental health issues that I had never been on medication before. So some issues with depression and anxiety that were not medicated, Mm -hmm. social anxiety. Alcohol was a tool for me, especially for social anxiety. Mm -hmm. So when I was learning to drink in college, that's when I was also learning to become an adult. So I was learning all of these beliefs and uses for alcohol. Yeah. Alcohol helps you date. Alcohol helps you socialize. Alcohol helps you, helps you walk in the room. Yeah. And you watch TV and you see like, you right. know, Sex in the City or something and they're having a glass of wine at the end of a stressful the day. The martinis so, on Sex in yeah. the City, don't you just go, Ooh, oh yeah. And I it's, want a cosmopolitan. it's glamorous. And, yeah. and right, I didn't right. realize that if you didn't, the first time you had a sip of alcohol, if you didn't have an alcoholic experience, right. I didn't think it was progressive in that way. Uh. I didn't realize that you could have a problem grow. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize your tolerance was a thing you had to worry about. So in terms of what I would tell my 20-year-old self, I think it would be to you know, understand the dangers of alcohol mm-hmm. and the fact that it can progress and to just be more mindful of it and also think about what I'm really using it for and what my motives are because I very much had to learn how to like adult without that thing at 27 because it had been. And you're lucky that you did learn that early. So it was the breakup with your boyfriend that kind of was the trigger Mm -hmm. for you to, did you get a life coach? Did you go to AA? Like what was your solution? Yeah. So basically I started experiencing and now I'm grateful this happened, but these mysterious health issues. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Um, My liver enzymes were elevated. I was, my face was bloated. My family Mm -hmm. thought I was actually sick, like when I came home for Mm -hmm. Christmas because I just looked unhealthy. My hair was like falling out. Were you allergic to it? Um, I don't think so. You just were. I just was consuming a lot. I mean, it was, I would live, again, I lived and worked in Brooklyn. So I would walk home at the end of the day and pick up a bottle of wine and drink the whole bottle of wine until I like went to sleep and Mm -hmm. sometimes more than that. And it just, that was my new routine that I got into. And so it, yeah, it was just like massive amounts of alcohol that my body couldn't handle. So my liver enzymes, like I said, were elevated and um, just different things. Like I felt like crap all of the time. Um, I was just very emotional, like up and down and crying constantly. I was just very unhappy. And so I finally kind of told my parents, like, I think it might because I'm drinking a lot. I don't know, though. (laughs) Like just kind of like threw it out there. And I think now that was my way of kind of asking for help. And so Mm -hmm. that sort of put things into motion. And they kind of realized my dad is an AA. So they sort of realized like, this might be this could be a thing, a, a real thing, and so that's when they were like, "You should move home and try and get sober and stop did drinking." You? And so that's what I did. Yeah, so you I did. moved back to Charlotte, and I did do I did AA. That mm-hmm. was not what I wanted to do at all. But mm-hmm. again, I was kind of at the mercy of my parents, sure. and they they said, "You know, if you're going to live here, mm-hmm. I tried to just like white knuckle it, if you will, because yeah, I yeah. was like going to AA was my nightmare. Like I did not want to do that at all. Right. So that didn't that feel like young. you really were." Supposed supposed to be there. No, I didn't. I didn't want to do it, but I also knew that yeah. I couldn't figure out do how something. to live sober and there was nothing. Okay. I tried Googling. I tried finding right. anything else. And at that time, just five years ago, you couldn't find anything So else. you're that in between. So you're yeah. not an alcoholic. You're not. I mean, I don't identify as an okay. alcoholic. Okay. I think 
Some people do, some people don't. Mm -hmm. That term's kind of like going away. We all know how important it is to fuel yourself just right every morning. Liz, what's your jet fuel? It's the HSM smoothie, of course. Obviously. But also, I've got a new little thing You've called... got a new friend from Sakara Life. The Metabolism Super Powder is your go-to. It fires up your metabolism, curbs sugar cravings, helps ease bloat, and is it delicious? Oh, it's so good, especially in your coffee. It's ah, got a great taste. Dump it in the coffee, it. blend it dump up. Dump it and in go. the coffee, blend it, and be excited because you're going to love it. <laughs> Y'all go to sakaralife.com. When you check out, you'll receive 20% off your order, which is a great deal by using the code XOLIZHSM. That's X O L I Z H S M for 20% off your order at sakaralife.com. Right. People that are in AA, I think, do. Mm-hmm. I am not in AA. And so, I mean, there was a point where I kind of kind of have to if you're in meetings. Yes. But it never felt right to me. I, I always thought, like, I drank for – at this point, I'm coming up on drinking less in my life than not drinking. If that right. Sense. So sure. being a non-drinker longer than a drinker. Right. So why would I want to take on a label for the rest of my life that is stigmatized that – doesn't really even apply to me now. It's interesting that you say that because I've been alive a long time and I've seen my friends come in and out of alcoholism or AA. And I would say 50% or not only I have a couple, a few friends that have done this, but I can name two of them that I don't think were really alcoholics because mm-hmm. what they went through was some kind of an identity crisis and they chose to quit drinking alcohol, which alcohol was exacerbating their, their issues. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I've always thought, gosh, dude, you have to be so extreme. Right. And how, wouldn't it be nice to have like a real test? Like, yeah. is there a blood test? There I isn't. Mean, that's the thing. It's, yeah. It's, that term is, first of all, it's not a medical term. So you can take that on. It's kind of a self-identified right. term okay. that is popularized through 12 steps. And I so, see. Uh, I, in my mind, it's it whether works, you it's are, whether a million, you are. A hundred percent. Yeah, it definitely Yes, go works. there if you need it. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I never want to talk badly about it. It definitely helped me a lot. I would just say that the term is, it's kind of irrelevant at this point. It's Mm -hmm. like, is alcohol causing you problems or not? If it's not, if it's enhancing Mm -hmm. your life, then Mm -hmm. great. Like keep doing what you're doing. But if it is affecting you in a negative way or just keeping you, holding you back, whether Mm -hmm. it's not being able to get to your workouts again, or like eating healthy or turning, like holding you back from achieving your goals, that's yeah. enough to change your relationship with it. And that's it doesn't true. mean you have a label now for there you your go. life. Yeah. But it's okay to have an alcohol, I mean, to have a hangover now and then, right? I mean, yeah, it's, it's personal <laughs> preference. How many times have I like, taught this class in here? No, just, I mean, what oh I say gosh. is like alcohol is neutral, just like yeah. food is neutral, just yeah. like anything else, exercise, any of those things yeah. you can internalize and make negative or positive for yourself. Absolutely. But mm-hmm. it's not one way or the other. It's not bad or immoral to drink alcohol. Right. And kind of, you know, looking at you. And I think we said to Carrie, who works with us, we're going to have Molly on. It's about freedom from alcohol. And she was like, you are? Y'all are? (laughs) You know, in a laughable way, because I think you've always said, you know, joy of life. And for you and your capability, your moderation Mm -hmm. and how you enjoy life, that works. Well, I do in moderation. Exactly. I've... Since I was in college, I never drank to get drunk. Right. As a matter of fact, when I feel that I'm getting somewhere close to that, 
I just roll it back. Yeah. And then the water starts because I'm like, whoa, I'm feeling that. Yeah. That is way too much. And that's and good. So, a lot right. of people don't have don't that, have that ability. Uh, I see. And it is like you were saying, I think that's a key difference that you weren't mm-hmm. drinking to get drunk. Never was. I was always Except in college. Except in college for sure. All of us. <laughs> yeah. All of us were drinking yes, to get drunk. Yeah. And that's just kind of how everybody drank around me yeah, my right. entire drinking career. Do you think, okay, so let's talk about the ladies in the studio that are absent right at this moment, but <laughs> we all have gone through, everybody in the world has gone through the pandemic and at least there are people and probably in your circles too, the people that come in here, everybody's having a tiny bit of a struggle with, I need to really roll it back a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm drinking too much. Every time I go to lunch with my girlfriends, we have a glass of wine, then I have a glass of wine at night and then I'm da 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 And yeah. so, and, and people worry about it. They worry about it in, for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it's weight. Sometimes it's, I've got to hang over again or yeah. whatever. So talking to the moms out there and the people that are trying to get in the road mm-hmm. after, you know, what we all went through. And yeah. I think that is a real thing. Yeah. Where do yeah. we begin? Where do we begin? Well, I will say there's there's actual research and data to back up that women in particular, stress-related yeah. drinking went up by 41% during the pandemic. I'm, I'm not surprised. And, I mean, it, yeah, right. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like between mm-hmm. lack of routine, Children. kids at home, mm-hmm. work stress, trying to cohabitate and work and yes. be a teacher, like it makes complete sense. Ugh. And it affected women more than men because I think by default, women, you know, took on that right. role. Right. Um So, yeah, I have a lot of clients that came to me because of that. Like, they drank out of boredom. They Mm -hmm. just started their wine earlier in the day. And, you know, they'd never had a problem. I have women Mm -hmm. in their 50s, 60s that are empty nesters that, Mm -hmm. yeah, they've never had an issue with it. It's always been social. Mm -hmm. And they just realized, oh, wow, now what used to be one glass is a bottle before 7 p.m. before dinner. And I don't know how to stop that. I don't want to go to Alcoholics Anonymous. Mm -hmm. That doesn't feel like the right place for me. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. I know I need to change. So maybe, I mean, if you drink a bottle of wine, you're going to be drunk. Mm-hmm. Pretty much anybody, right? Maybe not the big guy that weighs 250 pounds or something, but I want, you're going to be drunk. At one I mean, the, the thing is my tolerance got, got so yeah. high that yeah. it didn't really make me feel that drunk. And that's the other thing I didn't know is okay. that you can increase your tolerance very quickly. Right. I think some people are just yep. kind of born with a higher tolerance. Like I was never that person. Well, sometimes, but most <laughs> of the time I was not the person that was puking or falling over. Sure. I held, I guess I held my liquor well. That's, not that's almost a not a good thing. thing. Though, right? No, yeah. it just means it's you, not. it means you drink a lot of alcohol. Yes. Um, so yeah, yeah, and I I think that's to your point, there's not some magic number. If Mm -hmm. you're doing X, then you need Y, right? You know, everybody's experience. We want to know that formula though, because we want to know that we're safe and Mm -hmm. that like this can't happen to us. Right. So people do want to know, like I've had interviews before people have said, but you didn't have a problem, right? Because I say I'm, I don't identify as an alcoholic right? and I'm just kind of like, what is a problem? I mean, I had a, I had a problem for sure. But it didn't need to get to that level. No. I let it get to that level mm-hmm. because the idea of quitting drinking at 27, which was like a part of my identity and what I did for fun, that was worse than like being an alcoholic. Do you drink it now? Do you drink lightly no, or just, not really. you just don't really? You're fine. No, I don't. I think what I do with my clients and what I kind of did without realizing it with myself was I kind of broke all of those beliefs that I had. I like deconstructed all of the reasons I needed alcohol, if you will. Mm -hmm. So now I don't, I could take it or leave it. I just choose not to drink it because why? It doesn't serve you. Right. Right. Okay. Right. And I think that's 
one thing that popped into my head is like your relationship with it, I think really can change over time. Mm -hmm. For instance, I now have teenagers in the house. So mm -hmm. if they're out at a party, I have to be prepared to go pick up a teenager right. and not have a buzz. I have to be prepared to be a role model now mm -hmm. for my children who are starting to be in an environment where alcohol is available. Do you think right. that's more of a thing now? Because when I was in high school, it didn't seem as much of a thing. But it's like how like the younger drinking, like the ages. younger kids drinking. I mean, I don't. I mean, do I know you, it was a big know. thing when I was. Yeah. I wasn't invited to the parties where there was the <laughs> drinking. The select times I did get invited. I, I loved it. I had a great time. Right. But I've heard that actually the the younger generations, the Gen Z, are drinking less. Oh, good. I think there's there's more diversification of ways mm -hmm. to get a buzz, if you uh, will, out which there. Which is not great. Not necessarily drugs, but there's like adaptogens. People are paying more right. attention to like health okay. and with the internet and like the the democratization of information, we're all mm -hmm. learning more at a faster rate. So mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't have stats on that. But mm -hmm. I, from what I've heard, Gen Z is actually drinking less than Well, I think the they're smart then. Okay. And what we wanted to do is, um, and, it, and I think part of the reason I like to have a glass of wine at night is the sort of the, and we're leveling out. We're just going to, mm -hmm. everything's just going to do this. Well, there's a lot of like, we were talking about the other day and we want to get them in the studio. And if you all hear us talking today, Please text us or, or write on the, uh, you know, our show notes or whatever, how to do this. We really want to look into the CBD drinks. Mm -hmm. Some of those drinks are just, just we sell CBD here yeah. in the studio. Yeah, I will. It's I'll just have calming. CBD. I do, it's just, yeah. And it's just sort of like, and we're going to take it down. Not like, and we're going. Mm -hmm. It's just sort of a. But let's talk good. to that for some people that connection or that dependency on waiting for that at the end of the day to be the level out that's might true. not serve some people. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the work is figuring mm -hmm. out what else can I do that helps me do the level out yeah. that, you know, for some people it works and for some people it doesn't. Yeah. I feel like that's going to be an individual yep. choice. I, and, and honestly, I, and I, here we are in our exercise studio mm -hmm. and I have seen clients over exercise mm -hmm. and I've, given people advice to, to rest their bodies. Right. So, mm -hmm. you know, you, everything can be overdone exactly, and you can, yep. you know, with exercise, it'd be injury with not enough rest. It can be all kinds of things, anxiety. So this is just seems to be part of the thing, yep. part of the life. Yeah. Just, and nobody wants to hear the old term moderation is key, but kind of it is. Yeah. I mean, you know? it's, I say it's motive too. It's mm -hmm. like, why are you exercising? Why are you eating these things? Ah, Even if it's, point. you know, if it becomes a tool to hide from numb out, essentially, yep. if, yeah. if food, if you can't, you know, end the day without, I've actually gotten really bad about eating sweets. So this is something I'm paying attention <laughs> to. It's like, if it's a source you of comfort, eat sweets in here. I mean, <laughs> it's like, why, what is the motive? What are sure. you either not addressing, if you purely just want to have a treat at the end of the day and you don't feel bad about it, it's not affecting your health, then like go for it. Right. Yeah. What the cocktail, it's like have it at the end of the day if that yeah. feels good for you, but are you mentally fixated on it all day long? Are right. you like yes. obsessing yes. about right. it? Can you not go do something else at that time of day because you have to have that mm -hmm. drink? Yep. Then it's mm -hmm. a crutch and then it is holding you back. That's true. So That's true. Really good. What if you're like me and you just really can't have a great meal without a good glass of red wine? I mean, it's it's honestly <laughs> I mean, to me, like it's the taste level. Go, I yeah, know. yeah. Because to me, it's like, oh, I'm not going to have this great meal and not have some kind of great like Bordeaux or yeah. something. Yeah, it's just a and but I'm also going to not go 
<laughs> you know, you're not stuff. using that meal yeah. as like a gateway to drink the rest of that bottle of Bordeaux. Not usually. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Liz, yeah, it's, no, but your, your, your mindset isn't like, I'm going to get drunk. No, my, no, no. My mindset is I just love taste yeah. and I'm always just like you're like in your sweets. You like the taste. I would venture to say sweets are worse for you. Yeah. I don't know. We can, oh we can discuss that. Yeah, we could go there. I mean, there's, yeah. 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 But I think no. here's the, the bottom line is it's different for everybody. Yeah, like yeah. you can yeah. preach that having a good glass of wine is great and not to have sugar. And sure. there's, you know, data behind both, but, but everybody's different and yeah. it's why mm-hmm. you're doing it in your relationship with that. Right. So when somebody comes to you, what is the process of what you're going to do with them to help them? Yeah. So it's, it's a multi-step process. First of all, I have them fill out a questionnaire just to get some data around what they're looking for, make sure we're a general fit. Then I do a consultation. So we have a conversation. I tell them about the way that I approach, you know, my process and get some more information about what they're looking for, see if we're a mutual fit. And if I take on a private client, um, I'll start them at different points on this path. So it's either, if they are still drinking and they, the idea of not drinking is just unfathomable, they mm-hmm. don't want to stop X, Y, Z, we don't try to stop. We actually stop trying to stop drinking. That's because, so smart. Yeah, because the minute if you start, yeah. Yeah, because if you're in this mindset of deprivation yep, without yep, knowing yep, exactly. the why, but like if you change the behavior before you change the mindset, mm-hmm. then you're not going to be successful long term because, so, I mean, a lot of this so is really strong. similar to fitness because right. if you're operating purely on willpower, that's a finite resource, that's going to extinguish. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to beat yourself up for, yep. you know, breaking the streak of right. perfection. So. Right. We, I give them all a copy of this Naked Mind and they read it. We Mm -hmm. use a bunch of the tools to really explore what their beliefs are in relation to alcohol. So a lot of it is I drink for stress. I drink to socialize. I drink to have fun. I drink out of boredom. You know, a lot of it is just habit and Mm -hmm. and that's sort of what we explore and and what are their primary beliefs. So we work through those beliefs with a a multi-step process. Mm -hmm. And when they get to that place where they have the knowledge of how alcohol affects them, they've done some work on the beliefs, then we kind of start to experiment with social, you know, social situations where they don't drink. Mm -hmm. And then it's all just, again, it's like observation. It's like a science experiment, like collecting data. Sure. So when they drink and they didn't want to, that's not a relapse or a slip. It is a data point. Okay. And we take that and like learn from it. Yeah. So, and then, you know, there comes a point where they, we do want to take a break at some point just to have that time Mm -hmm. of clarity and to really experience life without alcohol. But Mm -hmm. it's different for everyone. Again, the break might be two weeks for someone or six months for someone. And it's all so personalized and tailored to the Mm -hmm. individual because our reasons for drinking are so personal. Yep. Liz, you know what time of year it is. It's spray tan time. Spray tan time because the holiday season and the parties are upon us. And I, for one, am always pale. You're looking good, but that's because you keep your glow going with no shade spray tanning. Isn't that right? I love Holly. She comes to my house. That is the beauty uh-huh. of this deal. Yes. Oh my gosh. So all you have to do is go to noshadespraytanning.com, book your appointment. Holly will come to you, pop up her tent, mix a perfect color for you. Yes. Because we do not Mine have the same colors. much, much deeper than yours. <laughs> <laughs> and we both look and feel amazing for at least a week. Last time we got a spray tan, oh, yeah. everyone at the studio was freaking out. Wow, y'all look great. Makes you feel good and confident and glowing. And it's just as easy as clicking the link and letting her come to you. Happy tanning.
So. Right. Well, what I like too is how much you can delve into it. So you go to your general practitioner for your yearly appointment and there's on the page how oh, much you're God. drinking per week. And like raise Everybody your hand if you yeah, have, you know, yeah. shot under on that. And a doctor has a lot to cover in that time. And they're not going to say, well, what's your motivation and all this, right? They're doing diagnostics. And so I like that opportunity yeah. to collect data and kind of do that trial yeah. and error and in a, a real of, life setting. A lot of doctors aren't trained to sure. get into that they it's surprising like the medical community and and you know some there are addiction specialists of course mm-hmm. but in therapy if it's not their focus i get therapists that refer clients to me because okay. they you know that's not their area sure. of expertise and they don't have that training they don't learn that much about it so a lot of doctors will just say okay you should you need to stop mm-hmm. and if you can't go to aa but that's it that's all the resources they provide. right 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 why don't you start speaking in high schools and colleges it's actually something that's been I think it's a really good idea. Yeah, it is. It is. It's on my bucket list. I would say high schools. Go straight yeah. into a high school yeah. and go. No doubt, you guys are having a great time. Yeah. Here's how we're going to do it. Yeah, it's it's hard to figure out because I actually was talking to my boyfriend about mm-hmm. this the other day. Like, yeah. if we had children, how would we talk about alcohol? Like, would we? Because he's he's a drinker, and he he was saying it's good to introduce it to them when they're young. And, I agree. And I think it is, but it's also I'm that's something I'm trying to figure out. Sure. I don't, I don't drink and like giving them the caveat of you know have it, but also know have informed consent around it. Know what you're dealing. Can I with. tell you about two stories? Yes. Okay. We, we can make, <laughs> we, we, we can leave it or not leave it. I have two <laughs> stories. When I was 17, my mother took me in, in Atlanta to a bar, a really nice place, and I I said, Mom, I really want to have a, an adult drink. I really want to drink. And so I was all excited. I was going to get like a pina colada. I'm 17. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. way too young, right? So without even skipping a beat, she goes, oh, I'll order it for you. And I was like, okay, that sounds good to me. <laughs> My brother is there. He's five years older and he can drink. He's old enough. And so she orders me a, a scotch and water. And <laughs> good God. I <laughs> took a sip and I went. That's the worst thing I've ever tasted in my life. Uh-huh. I sat it there for the rest of the night, and I don't think I really drank. You know, I was done. Mm-hmm. Second story for my own daughter, when she was like 14, 15, we introduced a really good wine, like one of those you save for company, you mm-hmm. know, and said, never drink anything less than, the, you know, yeah. worse than this, yeah. <laughs> and sip on it for the entire time. And now and then, we allowed her to have a glass of wine that she had the entire duration of the meal, mm-hmm. you know, and no more, no less, you know, all that, mm-hmm. less if she wanted. But anyway, so, I mean, I think there's different ways you can do that. Mm-hmm. Now, not to say, I, I mean, I think it worked for, worked for me. It pushed me away from alcohol. Yeah, that's, a, that's I'm so sorry. interesting. I if you had like, gotten a pina colada, you no, probably would have sucked it down. I would have been like, and I would have sucked it down. And I like this buzz I'm hearing, right. but I took one sip of that. And she goes, if you want to be an adult, I'll order you an adult drink. And that's funny. <laughs> an adult drink. That's a no-nonsense And to this day, I do not drink scotch. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. <laughs> anyway. There's a million yeah. ways to do it. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know how you do it. I mean, but kids are going to do it. Yeah. 100%. So, how do you decipher which is the better way for your individual yeah. kid? And I think I'll say, too, my parents did a similar thing. They would let us have like champagne on mm-hmm. New Year's. I remember mm-hmm. one year they called my friend's parents to ask if it was okay if we all had a glass of champagne. And yeah. I was raised with cocktail hour and yeah. I always saw it as very glamorous and mm-hmm. sophisticated and a mm-hmm. rite of passage. And so I was so excited when I got to have that drink with my parents. Yeah. Of course I had, you know, drank 
you know, in secret as a sure. high schooler, <laughs> occasionally mom's probably watching this. So yeah. mom, she a did, few times. Um, and my sister, you know, my sister grew up in the same family, the same mm. experience. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, doesn't have any issues with alcohol. She binge drink in college like everyone else, but she barely drinks now. Mm-hmm. So I think Again, she also didn't live in New York City and she didn't have the social anxiety that I have. So it it does come down to, you know, those experiences as a kid. But in the end, it's like give them the knowledge, the information, and then they can decide how that works for them in their own lives. Exactly. Again, it's all those factors come into play. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's the simple, the more you know. Yeah. Yeah. The more more you know know. about yourself and about what you're ingesting and how that affects your life and where it leads you down a path that feels better for you or where it holds you back. Right. And so you started something called, you said it, but I don't know that we focused enough on it, Counter Culture Club? Yes. Okay, explain to me what that is. Yeah, so that Counter Culture Club is really- This is vodka, by the way. <laughs> oh, God. You take it, so it must be so smooth. <laughs> just no idea. Oh, my God. Um, just kidding. After Go this, ahead. this is going to come yeah. out with the rest of the celebrities <laughs> with a new vodka line, new tequila yeah. line. <laughs> um, okay. Counter Culture Club. Yeah, right. Yeah. I started that- Honestly, this whole career that I have now started as me wanting to find friends. Like I wanted to, I was maybe a year or two alcohol free at that point. Wasn't going to meetings, mm-hmm. wasn't in 12 steps. So I didn't know any sober people. Mm-hmm. I didn't know any women yeah, my age. Yeah, where do you go? Do you drink. jump into a bar? Well, there's, there's honestly, I was like, even, you know, like going to workout class or there, there are breweries and now you got to get, get a drink ticket. We don't right. serve alcohol here. You can come here. Okay. Well, <laughs> you know, if you drink, you heal your There's <laughs> But it's really hard to find those people. Yeah. How do you find yeah. them? Them. Like you go up and you say, like, do you drink? Like, I, I don't know. know. So I realized that if I felt that way, there had to be other people my yeah, age right. that felt that way too. And I wasn't going to go back to meetings to meet friends that mm-hmm. felt inauthentic and not for me. So I just, I learned confidence in not drinking. And so I said, if I can do that, which is the hardest thing I've ever done, mm-hmm. then I can start this group. And right. so that's all it was, was a kind of a hobby, like a passion project of creating alcohol-free social environments. We started with like a coffee meetup and just like I wanted friends to do these activities with, like going camping or going hiking. Like there was so much more I wanted to explore, but I didn't want to be the only non-drinker sure. doing right. it. Right. And nowadays, like it's it's hard to find any activity where Truly. there's no alcohol, even healthy related activities. That's so, true. So Yeah. So you started that and now how do people find it and use it? I mean, is it an app? Is it a true in-person meetup? So, well, it was interesting because the pandemic kind of changed the narrative (laughs) of the pivot, if you will, of what we were supposed to do. So we had our first alcohol-free happy hour event planned. It was going to be March 17th, 2020. And so that obviously didn't happen. (laughs) We just had it last year. Everything shut down because I remember that that day. It's right in here always. So I think actually it was, yeah, it was right around that time period. And that's when you really wanted to start drinking. You're like, what? Yeah. And the timing was insane. So we had just gotten an interview in Axios, got all these followers on Instagram. It was like ready to go. And then obviously that didn't happen. Mm -hmm. So that changed the way that I was Mm -hmm. thinking of the group. But I knew that people still wanted that connection, that support. So Mm -hmm. I made it virtual and Mm -hmm. I started doing book clubs. I also did some outdoor yoga, but it went from being like purely in-person experiences to being, you know, online connection. And so December of 2020, I launched a membership 
So mm, it was virtual great. and in person. So okay. all the people that I brought together during the pandemic, uh, we started having an actual membership. And now at this point, it's it's kind of pivoting again, where okay. it's a lot a lot of Charlotte women are joining because Good. they want that in-person connection. They might have changed their drinking during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. It's also not just for women that don't drink. It's for anybody that wants to experiment so with socializing alcohol. So do you serve alcohol, alcohol also? No. So this okay. is... Entirely so, so we, I mean, yeah. we have a lot of like non-alcoholic beer representatives that we're like yeah. working with. Like there's so many non-alcoholic drinks. We're actually hosting, um, and this is, I haven't officially announced this yet, Ooh. but we're hosting a, like Charlotte's first major non-alcoholic drinks festival wow, during dry January. Wonderful. Yeah. That's really so good. Good, good, good. That's that, the whole idea with that is people do dry January and they think yep. that means like staying home, drinking water. Have you ever been out on February the 1st? And exactly. Oh, <laughs> so we're throwing like a huge yeah. party during dry January oh, yeah. and it's going to be, you know, non-alcoholic spirits, wines, beers. It's a beer festival mm-hmm. essentially, but it's all non-alcoholic. Great. So, I want to come. That's so good. Let's go. I you're, think we're invited. invited. Truly. Yeah, Thank no. you. Because people need to experience, hey, we can yeah. have a great time yep. without alcohol. Yeah. Because while you were having all those groups, there was a lot of women, especially you know our friends, they were having cocktails online during COVID. Mm-hmm. And that was leading to the thing. You did the absolute opposite mm-hmm. and made it a thing that came out of COVID. Mm-hmm. And I think people are really ready for that now. I think yeah. they are too. And, and you know, unfortunately, there is probably internal and external shame related mm-hmm. to drinking and its effects. And I think normalizing activities that make people not so nervous to go to an alcohol-free event Mm -hmm. or rely on alcohol otherwise is so wonderful and refreshing. And so I'm glad that we have you in our community. This is really good. I I, I, I wasn't quite sure what you were doing. I think this is really... (laughs) Yeah, it's different. It's It's impressive. And it's it's also practical. Mm -hmm. It's practical advice, I mean, that you're giving to people that are listening to uh, to us. I mean, you are just the perfect person to say, you don't have to go and do it. Let yeah. me show you how it's done. Right. right. And it's it's an opportunity. I see it, again, with that freedom, abundance. Mm-hmm. Like when I was at that point where I was quitting alcohol, it, I felt like my life was over. Like mm-hmm. I thought mm-hmm. I was missing out on everything mm-hmm. fun. And I realized as I started to appreciate not drinking that this was like we call it like a life hacker superpower because you get to feel your best and you get to, you know, there's so many physical and mental benefits of not drinking that nobody really talks about. Um, and so it was almost like not drinking needs a rebrand for me. Like I was like, it is a lifestyle to celebrate. And also it is a lifestyle you can dip your toe in. And I say my audience is non-drinkers as much as it is drinkers in terms of our events. That's why I want you to make it clear. So for these events you're going to have, if they are drinkers, they're welcome to come. Yeah. There's going to be no shaming for Uh, drinking. No, absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. No, for not, they're (laughs) non-drinking events. They're just non-alcoholic. I know. Right. You can't bring your own beer, Liz. There's no BYOB situation, but I mean, the only requirement is that you, we want to provide an alcohol-free space. So there's no drinking at our events, but you know, if you want to go out to dinner and have wine (laughs) afterwards, like that's That's right. Yeah. I think this is so refreshing. Really good. Thank you. Thank you. Well, um, let's land the plane. Give everybody like some, your major tips besides Besides not drinking. I mean, first of all, look at you. Health and health and well-being and wellness is what we're all about. Mm-hmm. And if drinking is making you feel hungover every single day and you're not your best and uh, having a hard time with your life, whether it's your yeah. partner or your kids, 
maybe just taking a look at what you do or speaking with her is, is a good idea. Yeah, I think I I sort of realize I look I think I look better now than I did you look at twenty seven. Like. Well, I'm really exercising, I'm eating healthy. 31. <laughs> I'm 32. 32. Um, but I mean, really, like you think your 20s are your prime. And sure. I was not my prime. No. At the time, I thought I looked great. But it wasn't until I stopped drinking that I started exercising regularly. I started eating healthier. Right. I started exercising too, not as a way to lose weight, but as a way to like clear my head. Yeah. I remember during the pandemic, there was a moment where I was going through a really stressful situation in a relationship. And I sat on my couch. I remember this vividly. And I said, I need to go for a run. Yeah. And mm-hmm. when I had that thought automatically come in my head, I was like, whoa, because that was something that I would always have connected to wanting yes. a drink. Yeah. But that was the first time that I was like, I'm stressed. Running will help. Or how your like, method. Exactly. Well, you were close because yeah. of the pandemic. <laughs> but yeah. So. yeah. Good for you. That's awesome. Okay. So we can find you at Counterculture Club. Yes. What's the best Instagram? So countercultureclub.org is our okay. website. And that's where you can find the coaching and the membership Great. and all of those things. Mm-hmm. Our events, we do public facing events for everyone. So okay. membership is for people that want those uh, regular monthly events just specifically for that group. So we do like special events mm-hmm. as well as um, monthly meetups and online calls and things like that. Um, so that website has all of those things. Counterculture underscore club is the Counterculture okay. Club Instagram. And my Instagram for my coaching is at Molly Ruggieri. Okay. So Perfect. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, Perfect. I love that we've delved into this. And I mean, I've learned a lot. And I Me think too. a lot of people are kind of in that gray area and just to feel more comfortable about finding like-minded people or somebody like Molly to help you yeah. directly. Or just to be able to go out to your usual events and feel comfortable not drinking, even though you're around people that are drinking. Yeah. And in terms of what kind of tips, it depends on sure. who I'm speaking to. I know yeah. some people are doing holidays alcohol-free, some are not. But I would say... If you want to try changing mm-hmm. your relationship with alcohol, see it as an opportunity and as an experiment. Don't right. see it as a punishment because going into that with curiosity and excitement, that is what makes the Joie de experience. Be. Exactly. Exactly. Wait, so much better. I mean, exa- if you exactly. punish yourself, if you diet, if you exercise too mm-hmm. much, I mean, if you do too much, too much, that's a punishment. Exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. This, this is, is about living life to your fullest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. On that note, Thank you. well done. Thank you so Thank much, you Molly, for, for being me. here. Of course. It was a pleasure. Everybody have a great day and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to us today, wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, you can now find our podcast on YouTube. Yeah. If you liked it, please share, rate, and review. We love five stars and we hope you'll work out with us online or in studio at hilliardstudiomethod.com.